We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free stay. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. We've got the band back together today. We got me, Caroline Darney, Alex McDaniel, and it's it's almost Christmas. This will be our last episode before Christmas, so we're talking a holiday movie. We're talking the holiday. Uh, again, a great example of why all movies are sports movies. Uh, this one does have an, an athletic montage in it, so we're, we're calling it a sports movie. Um, as always, want to shout out the Big Screen Sports Patreon group before we get into it, especially our big chill producer level patrons. There's Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Brian Yeager, Mike Dries, Chris Mykoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBow, and Classic Stadium Fire. Big thanks to them and all of the patrons for supporting the show, continuing to give input in the Patreon on which movies to cover. They picked Die Hard last week. They're going to have two choices for January. We got some polls up right now. If you want to support the show, pick movies for the show to cover, get a little merch, go to patreon.com slash sports. Like I said, we've got me and Alex McDaniel and Caroline Darney talking the holiday. It's a banger. We just finished recording it. Hope everyone enjoys. Hope everyone has an incredible holidays. Stay safe. You know the drill. Have fun. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time alone. Enjoy your time swapping houses with someone who lives in an opposite continent. And uh, meeting Jude Law seems great. Here's me, Alex, and Caroline talking the holiday. My brother wants to know how you are. Can you tell him that I'm good and that I'm just taking Charlie for a walk in the village? Um, what's he been up to, did he say? I'm not sure. Do you want me to ask him? Uh, sure. Okay. Hold, please. I can't believe that you have had sex with the woman staying in my house! <gasps> he told you that? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I thought I was talking to Graham. Could you just hold, please? I'm terribly sorry. All right, returning to big screen sports, it is Alex McDaniel and Caroline Darney. Folks, I am so happy for all of us to be back talking about a movie again. It's been a while. Woo! I know. When was last time I was on was National Treasure, right? Oh, yes. I, incredible, incredible. I mean, Caroline, you haven't you haven't 
let loose your thoughts on the series coming out. On Disney oh, Plus. It's, so it just came out. I'm saving it for next week. I can't wait. <laughs> and I, it's a nice little surprise because I didn't know they were doing it. <laughs> and so um, for a second, I was like, oh my God, is this a National Treasure 3 trailer? And I got really excited. Then I realized it was a series. Uh, no Nicolas Cage, but. Never say um, never. We don't know if there's a cameo. Oh, that would be amazing. But I, uh, I'm excited. I'll, 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 I'll check it out. Let the, let the listeners know what my, as the new national treasure expert, <laughs> I will let you know what I think my expert opinion. I'm counting on it. Uh, Alex, it's been a while since I could ask you this. How's the content? The content is plentiful and glorious <laughs> and it's Christmas. And so we're all like, like I'm, I'm working on actually a holiday column today. Well, it's really why the holiday is so much better than love, actually. Mm-hmm. So we're all kind of in holiday mode right now. But check it out, fgw.usadaday.com. Yeah, that's not really a... We, we can parse that in this episode, but that's not even really a debate for me. Well, it's um, not... I didn't write it as a debate because I, I make the point. I'm like, I don't need to tell you love actually is bad because a ton of people have done that over the years. and They've done it much better than I can. But I kind of break down the similarities between the movies that are very broad. But it's like, who has the better British lead male actor <laughs> you know the music <laughs> and the, <laughs> how they both focus on love and what love means and all that stuff so it's more it's not really a takedown of love actually it's just kind of a gassing up of the holiday so really <laughs> cutting edge sports content at for the win <laughs> of course well uh speaking of gassing up of the holiday tonight we're talking about the holiday the Woo! 2006 christmas romantic comedy Two women troubled with guy problems swap homes in each other's countries where they each meet a local guy and fall in love. It starred Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, and Jack Black, written and directed by the great Nancy Myers. Get ready to be mad. It's got a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. Excuse me? That's 51%, but has become a, a flag bearer in the Christmas movie genre of the last, I guess, the Christmas movies of the last 20 years. And a, a big time flag bearer of the Christmas rom-com, the Christmas romance movie, at least the holiday themed romance movie. And I I had on the, the run sheet, like, is this actually a Christmas movie? I want to talk about that. And I also want to throw something that I didn't I didn't ask you guys to prepare for at all because I'm mean. Um, <laughs> is this the best Christmas love story? Ooh. Because I, I thought about that literally right as we were starting, as would have been a good topic to prepare for, which I didn't. Well, I, I mean, I'm going to get back on this horse, and I'm going to say, while you were sleeping, is still up there for me. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the, and I'll get into this. I think the the Arthur and Iris love story is the best one in this whole movie. That's I'm going to be the, honest with you. I'm guessing that's the gist of your post perhaps i don't want to take from the content well that's um, part of it is like i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you i was just no no go ahead piggyback off that and say that's one of the comparisons too is like even love actually tries to tackle platonic love with um the, what is it, the rocker guy what's his name billy mack um with yeah. him and his manager like oh two friends and it's just so sloppily done and we didn't really need that at all but yeah in the holiday you've got you know arthur and it's just it's, it's perfect cute. oh my god it's ideal I would, yeah, the Christmas love story. We all have the best Christmas love story would be Mary and Joseph. (laughs) Of course. course. Sorry. (laughs) 
honest and honest. honest All my vacation God. Bible school people out there. Wop, wop. Um, we watched uh, Four Christmases <laughs> for the first time this past weekend with Vince oh. Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. And there's a Good. scene where, yeah, where Vince Vaughn plays Joseph in uh, a church's telling of the nativity story. And that is all I will think of forever now when I think of Mary and Joseph is Vince Vaughn is Joseph eating up the screen. The thing is, like, I don't. Yeah, I think if just based on my own personal opinion, I would probably say the holiday is. But you have to understand, too, Caroline and I and many other people in this country and world, when it's holiday season, we are obsessed with like watching Hallmark and Lifetime yes. holiday movies, mm-hmm. just obsessed with it. We know they're all the same. We know yeah. how they're going to end. We know the mm-hmm. rules. Like if they start to kiss in the middle and they're not going to kiss, it's going to get interrupted. We know exactly what we're getting, but we are just obsessed with that idea. I think, cause it's easy and it's not stressful and there's never a real villain. And I think it's less about like, what's the best Christmas love story as it is. Like, I think Christmas just kind of evokes all these warm and fuzzy feelings anyway. And people are traveling and they're, they're with their families again and they're back in their hometowns again and you know, stuff like that. So, you know, but I would, yeah, I'd say the no, that's a hundred percent it. You're right. A hundred percent. I actually even did the thing where I fell asleep and woke up in another Hallmark movie. And it took me an embarrassing amount of time to realize that it was a different movie than the one I had been watching. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even ashamed by it. I just, yeah, I agree with that. It's just, I think the, the Christmas love story is just really just holidays. Yeah. Not like the holiday. Obviously, we're trying to figure this one out because it's even um what is New the other one? What is you know what movie is super underrated for a Christmas love story movie? That has, I think, a lot of really great vibes to it is just The Last Friends. Holiday. Oh, I haven't seen that one. The one with Queen Latifah where she gets the misdiagnosis. I know, yeah. yeah, I, I haven't, haven't I, it. it's yeah, really I haven't good, seen it you guys. I gotta I gotta shout it out. Well, That's last December, Alex and I did Just Friends. Yes, right now we we're did. doing the holiday, so maybe, maybe next, maybe next Christmas we dive deep into the the holiday themed love movies. Because like this is a, um, I, I like that it is actually called the holiday. Like Christmas is not essential. Like it isn't Die Hard, you know, a real yeah. a true Christmas Duh. movie. Like it's yeah. it's more about just the the general the vibes instead of like the actual holiday. It's not like they're you know as stressing the actual day of Christmas or new year's in general, even though both factor in. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've got the list up right now of all these, I mean, all these movies that have to like either rom-coms or romance movies. You got the, the new Lohan movie up there listed. Um, the family stone, which I've, I've watched bits and pieces of with Jacqueline and got to tell you, it makes me deeply uncomfortable at parts. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff. Just Friends, a good one. But th- I mean, this this rules. Like this movie, this movie rules. And yeah. a, a, another question I added, could you just do one side of this movie? If this movie was just Kate Winslet going to LA and swapping out, like there's like, she just rents an Airbnb or Cameron Diaz going to England. Is, is can, can could this movie hold up? I'm not saying would it be as good because it wouldn't be, but do the do the sides hold up on their own? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, you'd have to flesh some of the characters out more, but I think especially yeah. Kate Winslet's storyline because you're also dealing with Arthur, and you know it's more than and her own self. Like she's got to learn how to love herself. Jack Black's going through his own thing, and she's developing like a genuine friendship. Like it's not an inappropriate relationship at all. You know, you can tell there's some vibes, but it's not like, oh no, love triangle. It's truly like it evolved into what it was supposed to be. 
um, yeah, I think they could stand up on their own. I just don't think we would be talking about them almost 20 years later. I think it would be like, oh yeah, that Kate Winslet movie or that Cameron Diaz movie. Yeah, I saw that. I think like there's strength in how the story is constructed. And we love an intertwining storyline as long as it's not like Love Actually, where they intertwine 10 different storylines and you don't really get to develop any of those characters. Like this movie allows you to like explore what it's like when these random coincidences happen and people know other people without feeling overwhelmed or having to draw a chart, you know, like Charlie Day. (laughs) <laughs> trying to figure out how everything comes Listen. together. <laughs> uh, I don't think we have to do the Hall of Fame All-Star Starter Benchwarmer category. I assume we're unanimous agreement Hall of Famer. Yeah. Straight in. First ballot. Yeah. I think so. That's uh, that's back-to-back episodes. We did the same thing with <laughs> Die Hard. Yeah, just straight <laughs> in, folks. IMDb trivia. Alex is driving. So no. this will all be news to I'm me. I'm so excited. And it's not just IMDb trivia. Like, I was like, hey, I could actually look at actual trivia. This is stuff that I have just I, yeah, known. Yeah, I, I was thinking that you would do more work than I usually do on this. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, I bet I could find more stuff on IMDb like Kyle does. Okay, so there's actually tons of trivia for this movie. I'm going to try to just give the fun little snippets that I love. First off, if you notice in the movie that Jude Law's skin tone changes, that in a lot of the shots, especially the exterior shots, um, he's I don't want to say pale. He's a lovely man, but he's, you know, very light. And then when he's inside the cottage or inside anywhere, any of the interior shots, he has kind of this glowy tan. There's a reason for that. And the reason is Nancy Myers wanted to shoot all the exteriors for all the UK storylines in the UK. They built Iris's cottage, like in that little place they built it from the outside but there was nothing on the inside so they did all the exteriors there so anything you see outside the cottage them like running her running Cameron Diaz running through fields that took a week to shoot that last scene by the way that's my next tidbit but so after they did that they all went to LA to shoot the interior scenes well here's the thing Nancy Myers is known for being very thorough when it comes to takes and it takes forever and so Jude Law was just in a house in LA for five weeks waiting to be called to set because she was still working with other people. And he like, he would go outside and just instantly have a tan. So all of the interiors were on a soundstage in LA. So anytime you like, when he comes downstairs the first time with this crisp shirt and it's just like, have you been to the, Bahamas? What, what are you doing? Like, you're... <laughs> so that is why. Um, and nobody's Nancy complaining. Myers and David Fincher, both a million takes, <laughs> same exact kind of movie. No one's <laughs> complaining. And on that, related to Nancy Meyer, what I was just saying, so we know at the end of the movie, there's that scene where Cameron Diaz's driver won't turn around and she's got to run all the way back to the cottage in heels in the snow. I and will have plenty to say on this later, <laughs> by the way. In, <laughs> so in the actual movie, of course, it's that whole thing is like a minute long and it's, you know, it's funny and it's, she does physical comedy so well. Um, but because Nancy is as thorough as she is, it took a week to shoot that. Cameron said she was running up to seven miles a day and it was the most <laughs> physical, it was like the most <laughs> physical movie she's ever done. And that's including Charlie's Angels. And <laughs> she said this was she was running movie. seven miles a day in heels. Yes. To do nah, shooting wonder, and reshooting. I need to see a before and after of her calves. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. She said when she was done, she felt so fit because she had just been. <laughs> running the whole time just to get it (laughs) right incredible um so i love that uh and then you know the other one i was going to share is kind of like a band nerd thing but you know 
Um, like film composing obviously has a significant role in this movie. It's Jack Black's job and it's Ethan's job. We hate Ethan. Um, that would be Amanda's philandering boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting, a few things there. Well, Hans Zimmer actually composed the score for this movie. Oh. Jack Black's studio is totally based off of Hans Zimmer's personal studio. So they designed it based on how that looks. Um, this is also a, this is also a world I will say that um, Hans Zimmer exists in the in this universe that they are living in, and Hans yes. Zimmer did the music for this movie, which was very meta. It's very meta, yeah. This yeah. is exactly. a very meta movie in general. Yeah, I was like, ooh, <laughs> weird. And I love like my favorite. And look, I did not fall in love with the, this movie for this reason, but I do love that when Jack Black appears like has lines for the first time. The first thing he says when he's pulling up to Amanda's house is, oh, it's the flutes. <laughs> and, it, and he's listening to um, Ennio Morricone. You have to say it that way, by the way. <laughs> Ennio Morricone, With who's the... one of the most prolific composers in the history of cinema. So anyway, I feel cool. great. Thanks. That was awesome. Thank you. That that made me so happy. Just just not having to do that because there will be <laughs> little inside baseball in the episodes. It'll be like 10 minutes before we start recording and I'll be like, shit, I didn't go pull trivia. And can so I I'll actually, scramble. can I, I have one last one. I forgot yes. about this one. Cause this one's so weird. So a few months after the movie came out, house swapping became so popular in England that the police had to issue a warning against doing it due to like rising identity fraud and murder. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that. I want to talk about the mechanics of this plot. Yes. It's awful. Yeah, I I have a lot of logistical questions. Huge amount of logistical questions. I just, I want to preface that three down in this episode will will all be a labor of love, but just asking a lot of questions. Yes. (laughs) Do not take away that I don't like this movie, but I have have questions. Yeah, I just... (laughs) have a lot of questions. We're going to take a quick ad break before we get to three up. And if you want to be someone who can skip the ad breaks, join the Patreon because you get an ad free episode. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, three up. And I, I again, I don't know how long I'm going to keep doing this this ca- this uh, this clarification. But three up is is used to be what worked. Just trying to rein it in of three things that worked. But I I don't think we've been doing that. I think we've just been doing the same kind of thing. But Caroline, what is something that worked about this movie? As much as we're about to talk about how logistically 
difficult or dangerous than this would be. I love the premise. I have fantastic plot device written down. Excellent plot device. And I also really appreciate that they did not waste time getting to it. Like they were like, all right, everyone gets dumped or, you know, the most evil man in the history of cinema is engaged to someone else. um, And they're going to switch places. Boom, done. Um, So I absolutely love that it was efficient and kind of a different and fun plot device to get this journey going. Uh, I do love that um, Cameron Diaz Googles things by putting them in quotation marks, which That's makes a me nice, wonder. Nice sign of the times. Which makes I you wonder. <laughs> Wait, what? You type yeah. in like quotation vacation spots? Quotation? <laughs> I mean, maybe not that general, but a lot of times when I'm searching something, I want all the words together. So yeah, I usually do it out of, well, that, that's also just like a historical research thing. If I'm looking through digital oh. archives, you always do it that way because, you know, because it I'm keeps looking, them together. Yeah. So like, oh, my, now I feel like an asshole. Cause I was like, well, look no, no, at no. this idiot. That's still a very weird thing to do for general searches because Google's smart enough to know <laughs> what you're like. <laughs> if you put in football game, you're not going to end up with like random shit. But for like, when I do egg bowl research, for example, if I were to just type in egg bowl, like in, I mean, like newspapers.com or something, yeah. you're going to get a lot of like old recipes and shit. <laughs> so if, you, if you quote them, then you get it. So I think it's just a habit more than like a necessity. That's but it was fair. Like, okay. It was 2006. So. I know. That's what I was like. Ooh, we're learning the internet still. Okay, cool. <laughs> like just so, typing in google.com, Google into the Google search bar. <laughs> yes. So Alex, which, which house swap would you take? Who would Ooh. you rather be? Oh God, I'd rather be um, Amanda. I'd want to go to the cottage. I was, before we did this, I was looking on Airbnb because I'm doing like a little vacation next summer and going to London. And I initially wanted to have like, just like a great, like a condo, like in the middle of the city. And now I'm like, maybe I could do a cottage and like, you know, have some sheep in the backyard. Yeah. Oh, stunning. Oh, stunning. With Prosecco in it. <laughs> Caroline, uh, so whose, if, whose house would you take? If we're talking like the actual situation, like it is the holiday and I'm going somewhere, I would 100% rather go to the cottage. This is, I'll get to it in the three down two. It's just like, there's so many times like tropes and movies where like people don't know how to entertain themselves and it drives me nuts. It would be just lovely to be in a quiet, and clearly there's internet because she's been DMing or whatever with um, Iris to set this whole thing up. Not that you need to be on the internet the whole time, but like I would have zero issues hanging out with someone's dog in a fire warmed cabin. In You've got a winter. nice little oh. pub in the small town too. Dude, no. dude you would never get me to leave. Like, I would oh, gosh, yeah, I would go... And it just feels much more like my vibe than like a big LA house. That... And the house was really cool. Obviously, like if I went on a vacation and was like, oh, this is where I'm staying in LA, like that's awesome. But if I'm choosing for a holiday, like, and you know how I feel about cold weather and loving it. So yeah, I, definitely... I think it's definitely the cottage. I will say Amanda had a screening room in her house, which would be a yeah. big deal for me. Also true. Yeah. It they... would be completely sick. I would be the one, though, that was like, I'd see that bank of like amps and whatever else, like the different sound systems and be like, okay, well, I'll play music on my iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) 
does this take bluetooth like what do we i would turn yeah. all of those up as loud as they go because i'm sure because i don't think we see her actual screening room we see the, the dvds and stuff like that but that's in like a lit, a lit living room i think they mentioned like she has the cutting room or the trailer room or whatever i think yeah. there's something more intense in that house or i would assume there is and like that's where i'm turning the sound up real loud I'm turning on Con Air. We're crashing the plane into the strip. It's just going to be rocking the house. That seems like a great you like don't leave the house me. at all. You keep oh, all no. of those shades down the entire time. I, I See, I will reverse, tell you what those bedroom shades. Law. I would I would come out so pale. <laughs> <laughs> those bedroom shades were clutch. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the dream. Uh, Alex, what so. is, what is something that worked in this movie? You know. And I swear you're going to do a super cut of how many times I say low actually in this episode. I'm really not trying to shit on it. I'm not because I watch it so much every year because I'm a sucker. But you have to remember, this was 2006. It, that was only three years after Love Actually come out, came out. Love Actually was very much a movie about men pursuing women in ethically questionable ways until they, you know, got their love or like did what they wanted. When most of the time they could have just asked them out and they just went to these incredible lengths to be weird and creepy. And like, you know, and we all like loved it. Oh, this is so romantic! <laughs> and we only oh, realized, he showed yeah. him to his friend's wife's house. Exactly, with cards. Only now do we realize, twenty years later, oh, that was so creepy and weird. So it's weird to think that only three years after that, you have this movie with two women leads, who like the premise isn't just oh they want to get over boys. That's not it. They're like. They're completely secure enough in themselves, especially at a time of year where everyone's kind of pressured to go be with your family or be with people. They're both like, I'm good on my own. I'm going to go figure myself out. And, you know, I realize it's a little impulsive <laughs> to go across the country, but you don't have any of this like, oh, they need to go heal from a boy. It's like they want to heal themselves. And especially in um, Cameron Diaz's character, she knows exactly who she is. Iris figures it out. But it's like they're both leading ladies, so to speak. They're not the best friend. And I love that. And that I just, I don't remember 2006 that well. But <laughs> considering like how much we look back at movies from that time, we're like, oh, that didn't age well. I don't see any issue with this movie not aging well. Now, mind you, I probably forgot some really terrible line or something. But to me, that's just impressive to see any movie from that time still hold up. It actually holds up. I didn't, there was almost nothing that, that, that like jumped out for me in that regard. And, and one of the incredible things, especially now these romantic holiday movies, especially that they're getting pushed out that mostly Hallmark or Netflix or something like that. A lot of, you know, very few A-listers or people at the top of their game. Um, with this, like Kate Winslet's one of the best actresses of the last 30 years. Like the whole cast is, is good. And like Cameron Diaz. In this. Yeah. Like yeah. Cameron Diaz has a really high ceiling and when she's good, she's good. But Kate Winslet is like, <sighs> I Kate Winslet is unbelievable in, in everything. Like mayor of Easttown might've been my favorite show of last Holy year. Shit, so good. Fucking so good. And like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very and different vibes from this very, one. very different. Yeah, no, I, I did watching this. I was like, so what if she's mayor, but she's doing this, like she's, she's doing her Phil, doing... her Philadelphia accent. Oh, <laughs> that, that would, that would be something. But anyways, she's excellent in this and rarely in a movie like this, do you get a perennial Oscar nominee in a, in like a rom-com. And that does bring up, the ceiling like she she, she is a second level of, of incredible oh she's amazing and she, but the whole cast is good the whole yes. cast is really really good you know what works for me 
Jude Law's just a nice, he just seems like a nice guy. Like, there was no, I really, really appreciated that their biggest, like, so many rom-coms will have some sort of contention, right? Some sort of fight or argument point, whether it's like, how to lose a guy in 10 days, or they find out that, oh, they're both, you know, oh, this was all a trick or whatever, you know, any set it up we love mm-hmm. um we love. any of the rom-com stuff that we did where it's you know palm springs there has they to have be these, a fight scene yeah mm-hmm. and their dilemma their discussion point is just the incompatibility of location and i think that's yes. a very realistic fair conversation to have you know but they show him as you know potentially you could say like I'm not saying this, but maybe someone who is more prudish would be like, well, he seems to be sleeping with some women based on what they've shown, like whatever. Um, He seems to be an excellent father. Um, He seems to have had, he has a great relationship with his sister. Um, I just, there wasn't any, there were no games from him. I don't know. I just really found him refreshing and so very handsome. (laughs) And we'll just, get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a whole section, <laughs> literally a whole section for that. But I, I mean, the same thing with with Kate Winslet and Jack Black too. And I think the Jack Black of it all gets dragged. I I will actually I I will be making I a stand for for this part. But it's the same thing where there's not um there's not like a big drama between them. It no, is just not truly at all. two right. people vibing, and they they've got some separate stuff, but it's nothing that tears them apart and there's there's we don't get the scene of the couple like oh because they had a fight yeah and that is that is very refreshing because even in the best of rom-coms like when harry met sally there's a that is a, a chunk of the movie devoted yeah. to something like that and that's not and it's it's refreshing because you you don't watch this movie to be stressed out no there was no scene in which one of the parties felt like there or where someone was owed an apology from the other side and i really appreciated that well all i was gonna say if it was going to happen at all it would have been the scene where she she finds out he has kids and i just think it would have been the easy way out because it's a very valid reason to be upset especially like if they had just slept together whatever but they have the lunch he's like open up he sees her opening up about something that's clearly very tough for her she says she hasn't cried since she was 15 her parents divorce really rocked her you know i just it's not even so much about the kids. Cause I don't obviously like everybody has their own opinion. Like, I don't think you would introduce your kids to somebody that early on, unless you thought it was going to be serious. But the fact that he didn't open up that he lost his wife two years prior, if the fight was going to happen, it was over that. And yeah. the fact that she just said, she said all that, she's like, I mean, you wanted me to open up. And he said, I have no defense. And he explained himself. And I'm like, this is how conversations happen between yeah. mature people. Yeah. I mean, people are always going to fight. There are always going to be arguments. You're not less of a couple for having arguments that's normal, but it was a great example of like, the world does not have to end over this because he wasn't lying because he was trying to play you. He wasn't, yeah. he, he was just trying to protect everything in his life and kind of keep this separate. And probably trying to navigate it. I can't imagine that's remotely, there's no rule book for how you do that after your Mm -hmm. wife passes you know or your spouse passes like um but i just also the the entire arthur storyline works so well for me it i cry multiple times in this movie every time and i all like there are so many parts of his story because it's just so it's not it's so beautiful without being overdone or heavy-handed and it's 
the I just think that it shows she is such a kind person in seeing and it never was a pity thing you know and that's like I think a hard line to walk in sometimes when you're doing a movie like a rom-com type thing um she saw you know that he had all this stuff like he clearly has this cool history like she sees the golden globes and the emmy like the oscar like in his like messy home office and then sees the tv dinner and the chair that he clearly sits in every night and she doesn't know anybody else like that it just was a b i just absolutely love the moment where she's like hey i'm not doing anything i just got here and it's never like she didn't do it it wasn't in a way that's like you look around where he sees her judging his living conditions <laughs> and is like why don't you come get dinner it's very much like i just got here i don't know anybody like i just met you why don't we go do something and that dinner just like her genuinely listening to his stories and people are gonna listen to this and be like that's just called being a human caroline like i know i get that like i understand that this is like normal friendly human interactions i just think that it was just so beautifully done and, and i always when those doors open and all those people, this might be the first time I cry on this podcast. Uh, when the doors open and all those people are there to see him and all he was worried about was like no one caring. Oh, it gets me every single time in his little like sassy walk up the steps with his theme song. Oh, I just love it. In my notes, oh. I have the word Arthur written in all caps. And then I have <laughs> Iris and Miles might be two of the most nice, genuine people on the planet. Like exactly <laughs> just piggybacking on what you said, just how how genuine they are with their relationships to Arthur. I Iris especially, but when Miles comes in, it is not a, you know, it's nothing about what this can do for me or doing it to impress yeah. Iris. Like he's showing the same kind of um the same kind of interest and just the same general personable feel like they go to that they have that dinner with him and all of his friends it looks like, like the that. most fun thing you could possibly the end up walking fun. into the like, most fun he is the luckiest human alive that he happened to show up at that moment because and like if someone if i showed him they're like hey you want to come hang out like that is the most that is the dream dinner party i'm sorry like just three old friends shooting the shit making fun of each other and like hyping you up by being just like nice people like they're just like yeah, I loved it. The leading Alex, lady, oh, love it. Oh. Alex, is there an argument for the Arthur plot being the highlight of the movie? Uh, I think it's beautiful, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it the highlight of the movie. But it's certainly not the low point. You know, I think. Listen, it all I'm works... out here just asking the tough questions. I know, real Cronkite not... over here. But it's it's complex, like life is complex, and I think that's the thing. Is you know, I always think it's important. Even with like cheesy rom-coms, I still am always pleased to see something that shows how com like the complexity of love, whether that's, you know, romantic love or platonic love or love with, you know, just like that friendship with a, an age difference that doesn't matter. And, you know, it's not condescending and it's not sensationalized. And I just think it's a beautiful part of it. And when you really think about it, like that they could have come up with a million ways for um iris and what was jack black's character's name isn't that miles. Miles. miles miles thank you for iris and miles to have to see each other on a regular basis there could have been you know you could have made up so many things so clearly it wasn't a device at least not an obvious device for that i just think it's it's a really beautiful part of the storyline yeah it's it's wonderful um just such such a such an incredible touch uh especially like giving iris something to do it's so it's so interesting. It's something that works about this movie is that Iris, Iris's love story, I, or 
you say or romantic interest doesn't really doesn't happen until over an hour into the movie. Like that is not what this journey is about. It is not about her finding a partner or new yeah. someone to yeah. replace this lost love. It is about her finding some value in herself and and getting over getting over this trauma and realizing that like the person that she was infatuated with is the most evil motherfucker in the entire world. (laughs) And like being able to move on. Yeah. Being able to move on with her life. And that's what's so like, I remember I was what when I was doing my rewatch, I was like, wow, Iris and miles aren't doing anything together right now. And we're over an hour into the movie, which is pretty like usually movies like this are like, you got to latch them on to someone right away. Can't there's no, no, no one. It stresses the importance of being independent and being okay with yourself. And that's, that's beautiful. This movie just in general, like, Caroline, what do you think is longer, this movie or Die Hard? Die Hard. We, this movie this is movie. longer by <gasps> one minute. Longer by one minute. Stop! Is it really? Yes. Yes. Isn't it like two hours and six minutes or something? It's two hours and twelve minutes. That's close. And Die Hard <laughs> is must- two hours and eleven minutes. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, but it's long. But I found that every almost every single scene adds value. Yeah. There's, there's not. I didn't find that there was a bunch of filler. I, uh, this is also one that I, rom coms, guys, I will yell at the TV. Like, I, I believe that. Like, when she got the email from Satan on the plane, I was like, oh, how dare you, you asshole. Like, whatever. Like, I'm just like yelling at the, where he says, what does he say? And he's like, how do I reach you? And I was like, you don't, bitch. Like, I'm just <laughs> yelling it. Like, there's no one else around. Like, um yeah it gets me going no it just gets me going the thing about iris and jasper that's also refreshing is all too often whether it's someone in our life doing this or ourselves and i'm winking at the two of you and we're not going to say why um who are in a situation that you know has no happy ending but you can't get out of it and you can't change the way you feel at like the movie starts with her saying he does not and will not love me ever. <laughs> like, I know that I'm being stupid. And I think it's so easy to look at people in her situation and be like, God, she just, she's so blind. Why doesn't she understand? He, she did. And that's the pain. That's the suffering of it all. Being oblivious is almost a blessing because oh, at least God, you can just kind of be, be oblivious, right? You could just live blissfully, but to know that you're infatuated and in love with somebody who's never going to love you back, but you can't help like every interaction fuels you. It's like, it's a drug, right? And, you know, for her, the email that she sent him on the plane where she's like, I think we both know I need to fall out of love with you would be great if you'd let me try. I mean, this is not a delusional woman. It's a woman who fell in love with somebody, which is a very natural thing. And she took active steps to get away from it. And he had to be an asshole about it. But that's another conversation. I mean, yeah, we've got we there's a big (laughs) Jasper segment of this because (laughs) holy shit. Yeah. The entire uh, opening, I think I texted Alex and was like, oh, God, I forgot how much I relate to Kate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> His <laughs> actions are monstrous. The way he comes in there and then and like talks the way he talks to her and then knowing that his engagement is about to be announced, like he is a he's a sight. I, I think I texted you guys this in a Knight's Tale movie that I covered on the show. He tries to kill Heath Ledger multiple times he tries to ruin his life and he is way worse in this movie yes that is saying something yeah this affects iris um iris simpkins where are you um here sorry i have a tip for you excellent a wedding was privately announced earlier today that i don't believe any other paper in town knows about and i want you to be the first to report on this particular union as it is between 
two of our most esteemed colleagues. May I introduce the newly engaged Sarah Smith Alcott and Jasper Bloom. Yeah, it's, So can, can I read you um, a paragraph from the column about the holiday I'm writing about yes. Jasper? Yes. Okay, I know. I'm sorry. So it says he clearly doesn't want to be with her, though Iris insists he said he loved her three, almost four times yes. during their momentary dalliance years prior, but he still wants her to be constantly available to him. So she'll compliment his writing and buy him gifts. Yes. 100%. That sums it up. When the moment that she stopped talking to him because she had actual Mm -hmm. fun, fulfilling things to do in her life, aka hang out with Arthur, learn about scoring films, etc. He lost his mind. Mm-hmm. He literally lost it to the point where he got on a plane and flew to LA like the day before Christmas while still engaged to the aforementioned other like woman. Um, someone needs to sit her down and have a heart to heart. Yeah, I would um, love to know how the conversation went of I have to get on this flight. Like, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure he feeds her a mountain of bullshit oh, same, every single day. But like, bullshit, how do you even come up with the notion of I need to fly to LA? tonight the the audacity to call her after she sends that response back which i think was very raw and honestly very truthful like yeah it she's not the fact like you said she's not delusional the fact that she was like look this is i know what i'm feeling and this is not good for me i need to step away from it that he then calls her not to discuss those feelings or try and give some sort of closure but to stroke his own ego and make yeah. her help him again while on a vacation is just like the most psychopath shit you can imagine like it's the most like it's very um hugh grant and um you could just stop there <laughs> bridget jones but yes yeah um in bridget jones we're like he has to have he has to you know have her available because it's this susceptible emotional woman not emotional in like the condescending way that people use it but someone that he knows that whose emotions he can toy with because he knows that they're in love with him yeah. and it's the most psychopath possible shit that you can do like it's just cruel it's cruel like he's, he's a monster like, and she's cool. fabulous can we reiterate that again mm-hmm. fantastic that's the that's the thing the the broken relationship the broken relationships in this that start this movie out there's like like ethan and amanda just have like that's a couple that's not going to work they obviously had deep-seated issues and then ethan does something unforgivable to amanda they're they're done we're not you know, we we don't have as much emotional attachment to that. Shannon Sossaman and Miles, like that's just that was just Sossaman. Yeah, there. They, listen, there was a time Speaking I, of again tale. a night's tale. Yeah, Speaking a night's tale. Um, you know that, but like this is a different level of of sociopath. Like this is a different level of evil, evil X, evil whatever. Um, I want to make a very sharp left turn. What uh, you you guys you guys edit work with editors. What kind of editor do we think Jude Law is? What, what's his um, style? Uh, here's my thing. Okay. I'm sorry. I've got opinions. Um, I'm sure he's lovely, but the fact that she asked him what type of editor he is, and he says, the better the writer, the less notes I have to give. It's fewer. It's fewer. It's not less. It's <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Don't, don't ever touch one of my stories, Jude Law. 
<laughs> kind of just another man who got the job and didn't deserve it sorry i also <laughs> want to point someone out tweet i saw someone tweet today that was like are we over that yet like less versus fewer and i'm like no no what do you mean proper grammar no we're not over it never gonna mean? be over that and the thing was we Oof. definitely weren't over it in 2006 Absolutely if it happened not. if it happened today i'd be like okay people are just lazy now fine another thing related to journalism but still you know jude's sister let me tell you something I'm a managing editor at a national publication. I don't have an office. She's the weddings writer and she gets her own office. We got to move to like London. A, I, have a, I have a little, what do you call the cubicles that, are, that don't go all the way up? It's like a mini cubicle. That's what I have. A little tiny desk with like enough room for my AFC Richmond scarf and a photo of Dolly Parton. And that is it. And so anyway, sorry. <laughs> Jude Law, terrible editor. <laughs> the, ver- the verdict the verdict is in. Because she is... As- I wonder how often he edits her, like how, how much, how, how much their, their work paths cross, like how much he's like, can I edit your, your wedding writing? I know. I mean, he's a book editor. So I'm thinking, and editors serve different functions. So like the, you know, there are people who are line editors. There are people who are straight up copy editors. There are structural editors. Um, they're all three put together. So you never really, they, but these movies, they always keep it very vague. It's like he refers to Amanda as a movie trailer maker. She owns her own firm. She owns the company that makes the trailer. She's not just like a producer who like comes into the office and stuff, but they keep it vague on purpose. And like sitting in his bed with a red pen. Like I realize there are some old school people that still do that, but no, you're not, you're not doing that. Not for real, but he looks beautiful doing it i was just gonna say when you said he when you said he owned his own or she owned her own firm i was like yeah Catherine hahn and john krasinski work for her man let's go and what a young baby officer. john krasinski yeah. like okay, that is early early work john krasinski and still Catherine hahn is the like best friend places like lots of marvel people in i was gonna movie. say mm-hmm. it is also and my other favorite is um Ed, Ed Burns, Edward Burns, is that the right one? I always yeah. want to call him Ed Norton, um, is really the perfect, the prototypical, like, bland, white bread, love interest, boyfriend-esque. And I'm thinking of one of my other top five rom-coms, personally, 27 Dresses, <laughs> where she pines after him the entire time, and he is just yeah. the most, most boring human that has ever, he's very, he's handsome. And he plays that boring, like just ooh, yay, yay. Yeah. real tough, real tough I, hang. I think I feel just, like he's that in everything except for Saving Private Ryan. When I, yeah. I just love him, yeah. Love I was looking him. through his like, you know, he was in like Entourage. I think as himself though. So yeah, he so he is in Entourage. He gets Johnny Drama his the TV show that is like his comeback. Um, he has he has like a thing there's like a subplot again i watched way too much entourage but he basically calls kevin dylan's character he calls johnny drama and he's like you passing on this part it turned into my big break or something like that so i want to help you out or something like that so that is that is ed he, burns on entourage man he has not been in much no lately wow. he's in a, a great movie called friends with kids but he plays pretty much the same kind of granola character like yeah. there's nothing clearly wrong with him Right. You know, like he doesn't have any big flaws, but he's just kind of there. And it's like, oh, you're pretty. It's like, you yeah. know, it's like a like a knickknack that you put on the the bookshelf. It's a like, like, this is nice. It it fills a space for me. I'm not gonna go admire it every day, but it's, yeah. it's lovely for what it has yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah. The the last thing I want to say that worked, and it's just it's a 
it's just a given. It just needs to be said that that Nancy Myers just knows how knows her way around a good looking home. Like just (laughs) a pro. Just the the best. I when I was little, you know, I know the joke for our generation is a lot of like, you know, the home alone house. Like, what did Kevin's dad do? Um, For me, it was always the father of the bride house. I always felt like that was the peak of success and family and warmth and like just the idea of like the grown daughter coming home and they have this like Nancy Myers just knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, let's I mean, the houses in the parent trap, both the winery and the the London, the London house. Incredible. Yeah. The London flat. I mean, all both the homes in this movie. um, The intern is just a beautiful, beautiful film. Um, just a lot, <laughs> just a lot of, just a lot of good stuff. In, is in that the one with Mars. De Niro? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I that really, is... again, that one, I, I cried in that movie. You guys, y- yeah. I'm the opposite <laughs> of Amanda, by the way. Like, <laughs> she's like, I haven't cried since I was 15. I was like, I haven't cried in 15 minutes. So, same Z's. Yeah, it's like I wish I had that problem. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into the strikeout the most head-scratching or worst part of this movie, if that's possible. Caroline, I'm going to put it on you. You guys are going to get mad at me. I didn't need the Jack Black storyline. I don't need it. I don't need it. And I'm going to tell you something. I thought... Uh, Do you mean like with he, his girl or you like at all? You didn't need his character in the movie at all? Because really there's a couple aspects. There's him with his girl. Really there's him. him and Iris helping Arthur. And then there's him and Iris eventually getting together. So here's the thing. I have a little bit of a problem with, and I have, this is, I have lots of friends who are guys. This is not a guys and girls can't be friends thing. a la when Harry met Sally, I thought he was a little inappropriate at times, just crossing just enough where he's like that nice guy. That's like a little where then you start to think like, Oh my God, is there like something like, I think he likes. And then you're like, Oh no, he has, he has a girlfriend. Okay. That's a weird interaction. We just had the, like, I'm not saying like, you can't be nice. You can't, uh, not at all. It was the, um, you look really, you look really nice tonight. And like the kiss on the cheek and stuff. I was like, it was a little much for me. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not appropriate. If you have a girlfriend, um, I just, that part was like a little, and maybe that's just personal experience stuff where it's like, I thought that, you know, like, oh, this guy's, especially when she's coming into the, I don't know, like the heartbreak she's had and she's like trying to find this new thing and it's setting it up. Like this is going to be the romance. And like, so I, I either needed him not to have the girlfriend or just not to have her get that kind of love story um, or to meet him like through some other like last minute thing with amanda coming back or something like that like i didn't need it to be i think that it was for me her love story was with arthur and discovering herself and like re like figuring out that she is the leading lady not the best friend like that's the storyline of hers that i really loved i didn't need i don't know it just didn't hit for some of those things i was just a little like a little cringe but not in a way where i'm like he's a terrible person or he was like cheating or whatever i just there was that little area where i was like i've had this experience where i was just like mad about it later (laughs) where i was like that made me feel crummy (laughs) um and that's kind of like the vibe i got with some of that stuff like you don't need to be making eyes at me if you have a girlfriend like don't do that don't have those little meat cutes at the table where they think that you're hitting it off and leave to let you guys hang out like that's just i just thought that was weird didn't like it 
So that is kind of selling me because I, I did come here ready to defend the honor of, <laughs> of Jack Black. But because there is the thing in this movie where it's like the other male contemporary is, is one of the hottest people on the planet. And then yeah. there's Jack Black, who like that's just that's not him. And there's all this, oh, why, you know, couldn't we get someone better looking for Kate Winslet or just more traditionally handsome, whatever. And like, as I'm watching this and I'm watching them again, once Shannon Sossman leaves or like even like once, uh, even when they're at Blockbuster right before he finds out or something like that, like. I feel like their their personalities match a lot. I love how nice and genuine he is. He, again, he's amazing in that uh, dinner scene and stuff like that. And I yeah. love one of the parts I love is I love watching them work together with Arthur, him making the theme, things like that. Like I love yeah. their bonding over that. Hundred percent. Everything you just said always ha- now has me like, yeah. It was. It's the invitation. It's like the self invitation where she's like, "Yeah, I've been checking out the movies like that he's been recommending." He's like, "Maybe one time we could do that together." Like that's a little. That's when he leaves, and then I text Alex and say like, "Oh my god, like he wants to like do the movie thing." Like I think I don't know what he. And then Alex is like, "That's a good sign." Like it's that thing. That's the thing. And then you're like, "Oh," my, then two days later you text you like, "He has a fucking girlfriend." Like da da da. Like that's the conversation that goes on. I think now maybe that's not 2006 i don't know so i and think in yeah. the other part was that he left to go like he was having a nice like what seemed like date they were both single they're getting sushi and he left in the middle of it she was like oh no we're done like go for it like whatever to go meet up with the woman that cheated on him and that also i was like that sucks, man. Then again, he leaves and I text Alex, like he just went to meet up with her again. Like what is, I thought that we like had a thing. Like that's where I was with that storyline. So I, first of all, I don't disagree with anything you've said. I'm going to add some <laughs> perspective to it though. Yeah. Just something to think about. <laughs> so, you know, I think what you don't have in this movie, like none of the main characters are fully realized people for one reason or another. They've all got their stuff they're dealing with. It's very clear throughout the, you know, the beginning of the movie, like when he's still with what's her face that he, he lives in a world of like, can you believe someone like her is with someone 100%. like me? Oh, that's yeah. for sure. To my, the point, like my Maggie, like whatever. And I do appreciate yeah. that he does introduce her as he at no point is lying about having a girlfriend. Like that's, that's, that's good. Thumbs up. Sure. But he instantly like checks himself, not because he feels embarrassed, but because he feels like she's going to have a problem with it. Like yeah. you can tell they're not hanging out and watching movies. They're not, you know, every scene with them in it is her like wanting to go or being on the phone or being busy or something. Yeah. He, this is really a relationship where he feels more valuable just because she's willing to be with him. And it's kind of the same for Kate in a different way was like, you know, not being with Jasper was something she had to struggle with, but like, she just thought so much. I'm like, why would he even be interested in someone like me, even if he isn't actually interested? And I think both of them, I don't believe in, in using people as scratching posts to, you know, fulfill your yearnings. That's an Elizabeth Ooh, Gilbert line. Um, love that. <laughs> that's from E. Pray Love, my friends. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't think they intentionally use each other. I think both of them without doing anything really like really spectacular or huge or some grand gesture were able to realize like their own value that they didn't have to constantly prove themselves. They weren't running yeah. around in circles all the time. Like, look at me, look how great I am. Don't you realize how great I am? They were both able to kind of gas each other up without really doing it. It was just like, wow, you're so good at this. And 
wow, you're stunning. And why are this? And it was very natural. I will say the double kiss thing is the one thing that sticks out. Cause it's like, uh, you, there are other ways to show that obviously you're interested without <laughs> crossing that line because it didn't need that. I think you very French of him. Very yes. French of him. <laughs> but also like he was drunk and like things, I, I get it. I'm not excusing yeah, him, but no, no, no. <laughs> you know, I think like it was very clear from the beginning of the movie that Jasper is not a character that was going to change. He was very static. He was always going to yes. be a jerk. And like with Jack Black, you know, he does leave her when they go to get sushi. And then he comes back and never explains like why it ended, but he was so matter of fact about it. And I've always wondered, like, did he know he was going to do that? And he had to do it right then because he knew he wanted to ask out Iris. I don't know. We'll never know. But I love, I do really, really love the scene where she's like apologizing and walking back and forth. And he's like clearly thinking about Iris. Like we don't need anyone to tell us that that's what he's thinking about like yeah. i do really and so it's not this isn't much where, where i'm like it's terrible it ruined everything sure. um it just yeah i just i think it's partly because i adore the um arthur storyline so much mm-hmm. that some parts of the jack black so here's another question <laughs> do you think amanda likes miles like like as a person <laughs> Yeah, like are they oh, friends? I, yeah, because yeah, I mean? he like, works. He worked with Ethan. Right. Yeah. So what if what if like they show up? She shows up in like New Year's, and she's like, "Oh, I didn't realize you meant that guy. We call him <laughs> we call him Root Scootin'. I didn't even know his real name was Miles. You know what I mean? Like he's this guy that makes mouth trumpet noises all the time. Amanda <laughs> seems kind of no nonsense in certain ways, and Miles yes. is a little eccentric. But who but who knows? Because a knows? lot of their interactions could have also been with Maggie around. And it it's the thing with Iris and and Miles is that when you see them interact, it once they finally detach themselves from these from these dead weights. It, it's two people being themselves around an, another person. And you yeah. you get the sense that they haven't gotten to do that a lot. They've always been preparing themselves for the person that they think they need to be with. True. I'd also believe you if you told me she had never interact, like didn't know who he was or oh, that sure. she, I bet, I, I mean, I give it a 12% chance that she's ever met Arthur, Amanda. No. Oh. Yeah, no chance. Maybe I mean, less. <laughs> Iris might show up with Miles, and Amanda gives the oh, it's it's you. Yeah. <laughs> or he says he does the like, it's so good to see you again. And as she says, it's so nice to meet you. <laughs> One of those. My nightmare. My nightmare. <laughs> so <laughs> the worst. I I, oh I do God. also have to credit Miles the the Christmas fettuccine lighting some bubbly feeling alive yeah. thing. I, I love that too. That gives yeah. me some life. I truly love any holiday movie that shows people doing different things on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day because like I spent until I was like 23, 24, my Christmases were always in my family. We didn't have a lot of like traditions, traditions, but that was the tradition is we were always together. And at that age, that's when it starts changing. And, you know, I, you move to different cities and maybe you can't get home until the 26th. And like, after I had a child, you know, suddenly there are two different families that he's got to go between. Um, you know, the past two Christmas Eves, and this is the, this isn't like, I don't want this to come across as me being cheated. This is what we had agreed on. You know, he, we usually trade off Christmases, Jack, between me and his dad. And just the way that like football season, everything lined up the past two Christmas Eves I spent without Jack and I've spent them crying at night because I did not 
even like I just could not like bring myself to make something new or appreciate the time with myself. So I was like, I want my kid on Christmas Eve. Then you see them the next day and you're like, oh, it's just a day. Like, okay, let's go do this again. <laughs> so to me, what I love about the fettuccine is like no one, and that's where I would understand the argument of like it's not a Christmas movie because nobody's really fighting for the spirit of Christmas. People are like, yeah, it's Christmas. What? Okay, well, I've got some pasta. <laughs> like, do you want to come eat? I think it's the most beautiful thing to see like how it's not just like the fact that we have different holidays. Cause I don't, I think it is a holiday movie more than Christmas. Um, it, I just, I love that. I love that. We're not basing a whole plot line around, Oh my God, you got to get home by the 24th. If you don't, it's a disaster. Cause how many movies have we watched where that's the case. Right. And it's yeah. great, but people live different lives. So yeah, that's reminds me of one of my favorite hallmarks with, um, Oh God, what's her name? She's the redheaded. Um, and she, um, goes to the wrong family's house of her boyfriend. <laughs> have you seen that one, Alex? You have to have seen that one. Is that the one um, where everyone's adopted? I can't remember. <laughs> it's a woman. She was in. Um, I know who you're talking about. Notice. You know, yeah. Yes, the assistant. Um, but she is picked up by who she thinks is her boyfriend's brother yes. and like goes to this different house and loves his family. And yes. then she finally realizes that they got mixed up because there was some like car accident thing and her boyfriend's family is horrible. That's an incredible <laughs> shocker. She falls in love with the, or the other guy. I, um, I need to finally dive into this. It's so good. Um, but yeah, I agree. That was all I hundred percent. That's um Christmas fettuccine is a great tradition. Like that is something we were, that. we were talking, yeah. we were like, how can we incorporate this into like watching the Ted Lasso Christmas episode, eating a big bowl of pasta. That's, that's a good place for me. That sounds delightful. Um, can I get into my logistics rant? Yeah, let's, let's, let's go into that. I think that <laughs> was like my not strikeout again, the, as a plot device, it works as something in real life. It seems like it's got a lot of problems. It, so I am a, an obsessive planner when it comes to trips and I'm the person that looks at plane tickets for days, weeks, sometimes months, depending on when I'm going on this trip, like what I'm doing, I'm price checking things, I'm cross checking prices before. And I get it. Like if I run my own like trailer cutting company and John Krasinski's my employee and I can fly first class, like this is a different experience than what I'm living in right now. But just the thought of like the one, the, how's tomorrow gives me anxiety like I need at least a full day if not two to like think about packing for switching temperatures and like over the holiday like I got to figure this out like I need to like make my spreadsheets and like whatever Um, think about having your house ready too there's a whole other aspect to that oh my god and you're like how did they do the logistics for like how long was her dog alone like did you leave a like she that did she know you had a dog like was that communicated does she know how much to feed him (laughs) like and then it's the where are you leaving the car keys like etc etc so a lot of questions around that but then Cameron Diaz which another one of my and this is not a thing on the holiday this is just a trope in a lot of pop culture that really drives me nuts because a lot of times it's um smart women that do this that drives me crazy like you're gonna leave after 12 hours really like and you bought a plane ticket you get all the way if I got all the way to the airport and got through security I'm not like I get it she she bought two unused tickets two two to go home and I'm just like the stress that part just stressed me out beyond belief not just the money part. it's like when the episode of friends where she put down like 
three credit cards to buy a ticket at the counter it just like i'm just it stresses me out because one you could buy tickets at the counter which thank goodness i wasn't alive for that or flying alone for that because that it's a whole new level of stress but i just that part was real that part was real difficult for me and the timing logistically of the day of arthur's celebration was chaotic like yeah, a lot happens yeah yeah but like, the thing with the plane tickets that was I, I mentioned something when we were watching and i was like god how much did that cost and then i realized like there's also the truth of poverty doesn't exist in the nancy myers universe true. everyone's true. everyone's doing really well <laughs> but if you uh, cancel them you get flight credits i mean that's not a new no, thing is it? not always it, though yeah but she, I, she, I guess it's I, all the way to the airport I, I cancel flights at the airport a lot, not because I want to, but like I say a lot. I would say over the past five years, things have just changed last minute with some of the traveling I've had to do. Yeah. And you just like you go to the either you do it online or you go to the counter and you cancel it and it's just a flight credit. Even if this is non-refundable, this is something I should learn because like, I look at these things and it's like. Well, that's the thing. They won't refund it to your card, but at least. the OK, so I fly delta and united most of the time but like it'll but it'll still be a credit on your account to fly as long as like you're not using it for another person's ticket like you will have that flight credit at least okay that makes me feel a little bit better i get i'm telling you the anxiety (laughs) that i get around booking tickets i'm sure like a million people are going to tweet me and be like actually that's not the case of all i'm sure it's not i'm just saying like i've had a lot of like truly not the way I said that sounded like I just get to the airport and I'm like, not today. No, never mind. I mean, like literally things that emergencies that have come up or things that I've had to change at the last minute. And so that's the only way, as long as you cancel it before the flight leaves, you know, then you can use it on a future flight. Oh, that's really good to know. I still, mm-hmm. it still gives me a little bit of anxiety, yeah. but that's much better to know. Um, yeah. Well, timeline wise too. They they both make these decisions on a whim, which is great, but it's not like their yeah. houses were on this swap site before. It's like yeah. what is, what's the approval process here? Where the you know where that's the when you take it are... offline and save yourself the taxes. Yeah, well, <laughs> but where are the check marks? How do you know who you're like who your host? I assume there is a very stringent process to get your home listed on Airbnb. I would hope. Uh, this seems very willy nilly. Like I'm putting it up same day take it as is that's uh again they are getting your car too like everything and also uh Cameron Diaz is a terrible driver awful like if you're so worried about the snow and the narrow roads being on the opposite side as well maybe slow down a little bit just on that subject of driving (laughs) let's talk about her driver because let me tell you, if I got there and that guy told me I wasn't driving down there, I am getting him fired. I am like, not. I just down don't there. understand logistically why there's a road if there's like no. What do you mean you can't turn around? Is there she a law has a gets car down, down there? there. Exactly. Jude Law gets down there. Yeah. Iris's car is there. She drives Iris's car. Like clearly, cars can go down there. It makes no. And like the cottage is surrounded by nothing. Like it's just a cottage with like a little garden and stuff. That's turn around lots of places, buddy. (laughs) Sir, your profession is driver. I need you to move this car. I need you to like. Also, it's the this is also something that drives me bonkers with Hallmark movies. The inappropriate footwear for the weather. Why are you wearing pumps? Why? Well, I don't know. And then here's but here's the bigger the better question. On the way there, like okay, fine you dress up for first class whatever on the way out why are you wearing pumps 
what are we doing? And how did the driver get all the way to the house to pick her up? She probably left a pretty wordy voicemail to his company of, of the standards <laughs> of how she expects to be picked up. Cause that's what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> I just, the sh- like get a pair of like nice boots. Like, what are we doing? They make okay, nice flat boots. Like if, if I was going to have a tearful goodbye, would you love I would be like, I would be dressed to the nines. It's like, this is just how I look. <laughs> While she, when she's like untucking her pants from the socks, that is like the most relatable <laughs> thing too. She's like, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. I mean, okay, we'll get into him. But yeah. yeah. Um, so, something else with the home thing. It, it's done on such a whim and there's so little. Ch- like, he, again, it's like the trivia that Alex talked about. Like, a lot of people eventually ha- had problems with this and like, switching with the wrong person switching with a murder it kind of made me think of like caroline of all the movies we've covered who would be the worst person to switch houses with oh gosh <laughs> mm. i guarantee that john mcclain's new york apartment oh, it's is bad. a shithole it's a piece <laughs> of shit uh fucking uh dennis hopper from speed <laughs> <laughs> that would be you show me you're like what are all these magazines he hasn't thrown a newspaper away in years. Um, Alex, if you want to switch homes in, in uh, England, Coach Beard, Beard's apartment, what is that <laughs> the, look like? The, the oil rig and Armageddon. <laughs> it's just Harry Stamper's like. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, that would be funny. Now I'm just like racking my brain. Yeah. So like getting into three down or just things that didn't work or again, okay. questions. A lot of questions. Um, okay, I have another about... one. Yeah, go for it. Sorry. Um, the stack of hardcover books that she took with her on the plane. Yeah. Again, just funny moment. I love the, you know, also atonement in there. If she doesn't cry at that, then she's literally a robot. Um, Harry Potter, the first one was in there. Um first chapter of Harry Potter makes me cry. Like in retrospect, very sad. <laughs> Throwback. Um, but there's no reason to, t- and again, I get it, it's 2006. Like it's not like a Kindle thing, but like that's so like irrational. It's it's illogical to take that many hardcover books on a well, flight. I think at least the takeaway I've always had when watching it is that she like hurriedly bought all that in the airport, like in a store at the airport. Because that's all they have is the hardcovers at the airport. And they were all so random. It was like, the kite runner and, and like you yeah. said atonement and like the political genius of abraham lincoln <laughs> like it was yes. just stuff that you would definitely see in an airport store and That's so that fair. Was, and money doesn't mean anything to her so i could see True. her just being like i'll take this and this and this and this and it'll be fine Okay, that's a little bit better, but still, like, I want the, well, I guess you probably have the driver, make make the driver carry him. Like, where are those in the long walk on the wintry road to the cottage? Yeah, I could see her just leaving him. My, yeah, <laughs> I might have just left him in the car. She read all of them on the flight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to do the Wikipedia for a few of these and call it. She's like, screw it. It's too much to carry. I'm not doing this. <laughs> Alex, were there any other things that didn't work for you about this? A big one, actually. So here's my one big problem in the whole movie. And it's a big one. It's like one that kind of affects how I feel about all of it. And I hate that because I love so much of this movie. And it's one thing I hate. When Jude Law and Cameron Diaz meet the first night and he says to her, how do you feel about foreplay? 
And she says, it's overrated. What the actual fuck are you talking about? That's a woman who hasn't had good sex. Fine. But I want to know why Nancy Myers allowed that in the movie to begin with. Oh, isn't that just the dream? A woman who doesn't actually want to have an orgasm. She just wants to get it over. Please. It's a very 2000s. That would not fly today. It's a very 2006 way of going about it. And let me just make it very clear for listeners. Foreplay is not overrated. It is necessary. Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming to Alex's TED Talk. We said the same thing when we were watching, doing the rewatch. Like, what? That what? Doesn't... And Jude Law said something like affirms that statement. It's like, what? He yeah. Said, what does he say? Like, you're the most interesting person I've ever met. I'm sorry. No, she's wrong. It's not an option. And you're selfish if you believe that. Girls are not cool if they say that they're liars. They're lying to you because they want to seem cool and they want to seem like, mm-mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, if, have- if 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 he's as hammered as he says he is, like, okay, enjoy the enjoy the the fucking forty five minute jackhammer. Like, congratulations. <laughs> sure, that was really romantic and lovely. I thought about that too, <laughs> but like, he was super drunk, so like, I don't know. It's look, and I'm not saying look. Let me for the record, quickies are fine too. I'm not here saying there's got to be. It's whatever both of you want. I'm just saying. To act like as a concept that foreplay is overrated, overrated? What does it even mean? Like, that makes no sense at all. It's just, it's wrong and it's dumb and nobody it answers, feels that way. It answers a lot of questions about Ed Burns. Yeah. It's, well, it's one of those things like it very much applies Not to her Ed character. Burns, like, it, it's in line with her character. But I feel like if that was the case, it should have been written differently to be like, oh, clearly she has not had good sex. Like it should have been written so that was obvious rather than just being like a cute line that made Jude Law happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, no notes there. That well, well said. Uh, I'm going to get a lot of emails about that. <laughs> it was a very, well, actually, I think I wrote, I think I wrote <laughs> it was a, like a very pick me moment type thing. It is a pick me moment. Yeah. And I was that. like, first of all sweetie don't sell yourself short like i know don't this does not make you yeah not ideal yeah let's roll into best scene and like i said (laughs) long movie uh not a lot of filler it was very hard to pick so i'm gonna i'm gonna roll through the nominees quick and then we can kind of we can kind of roundhouse discuss what the best scene might be um I, I just had to put like the the opening scene, just like Jasper, the worst motherfucker on the planet. Like that's just, just, just in general, like the the quote unquote breakups. Um, you know, making the arrangement and the arrival is fun. Like that whole process, getting us going. Um, the scene I'm calling Jude Laws at the door. My my note there is really like Christ, that man is so handsome. Like that. I think that's like that's if we're talking like actual nominees for best scene. I think that is one. Like. Jude Law yeah. shows up at the door. Like, imagine going to your sister's house. Your sister's not there, but Cameron Diaz is there. <laughs> like, and you're drunk at a Imagine bar. going to someone's house in the, in the like, English countryside, and Jude Law shows up. Like, both yeah. sides in this equation are excellent. Like, yeah. Uh, you open the door thinking it's going to be, like, who knows what, and the handsomest man is standing in front of you asking to come inside. Oh, goodness yeah yeah goodness. uh the hanukkah party which is which is Ugh, great you get love. jack black fitting in seamlessly talking about arthur's wife that the line not to get ahead of best quote she was the girl i always wrote like yeah no notes uh jude law is daddy 
I mean, <laughs> Mr. Napkinhead. <laughs> Mr. So Napkinhead is perfect. Um, again, making this a sports movie, we get a workout montage with Arthur. So <laughs> the, the holiday, the sports it movie. Is fits. Sp- my favorite sports movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Iris telling Jasper to get lost, which is fantastic. Again, not to step on best quote, but the twisted toxic thing between us is finally finished. I'm miraculously done being in love with you. I've got a life to start living and you're not going to be in it. See you. you have never treated me right ever. Oh, babe. Shush. You broke my heart. You acted like somehow it was my fault, my misunderstanding, and I was too in love with you to ever be mad at you. So I just punished myself for years. But you waltzing in here on my lovely Christmas holiday and telling me that you don't want to lose me whilst you're about to get married somehow newly entitles me to say. It's over. This, this, this twisted, toxic thing between us is finally finished. I'm miraculously done being in love with you. I've got a life to start living. And you're not going to be in it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yep. And then, uh, and then the art, I, I would say the Arthur, uh, <sighs> the Jula's speech about being in love with with Amanda, Arthur ceremony. I mean, there's so many good scenes in this movie. Alex, where do you where do you start? Is there is there a clear like this is the best scene, there's no competition? Yes, but I think it's very personal. Like it's not a this isn't me making a blanket statement that I think, you know, I'm right and this is definitely the best scene. <laughs> I, uh, the scene in the tent with the girls. Oh, to I was going to say that. And, and like really I know I'm projecting cuz I'm a single mom and like I'm totally cool being a single mom without a partner. Don't get me wrong. But I think like, and Kyle, you can relate to this. All single parents, like we're cool with like not dating, but we do. It's because we hope if we ever do that one day, that it's somebody who can fit into that role. Right. We don't want to just date people. And that's what makes it complicated is Mm -hmm. like, it has to be the right person who can fit in this life. It's not just her and him. And I think that scene aside from just being painfully sweet with a little girl and I love your lipstick. It's very cute. Um, it really illustrates that well, because suddenly like Jude is not who we thought he was. Like he is a, you know, a widower and a father of two. And like, suddenly Amanda is looking at his life in a different way, which like side note, it, it's hard to watch that and not think like if the tables were turned and Jude Law's character was a woman, how much shit would she get for being like drunk and going out when somebody else has the kids? Isn't that, I to me, oh, that is the double standard on that would be, I've, I've talked about this before. I've written about this before, but the credit that single dads get compared to the credit single moms get is just like, I got so like, I, I would always get, Oh, good for you. Like, that's great. Like, look at you. And like, it's being a parent. Like it just, it's I, exactly. I, you're well, babysitting and, your son. Yeah. And by the way, like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like he, he makes it clear later. He's like, you know, they were with their grandparents and he says like, when I am away from them, like, of course I miss them, but I can be a different person. It's all very fine when you hear a single dad say it, but like, and, but I agree with that. Like there are times, you know, if my son is with his dad or with his grandparents on either side, like, it's not that I'm just like going out to bars and showing up at random people's houses or anything, but I do go out and I do think to myself, like, even though I have nowhere to be tonight or tomorrow, 
I feel like, well, I can't really do what I want to do because I'm a mom, I'm someone's mom. And I've had people on Twitter before on Instagram who are just hateful and they'll see me with a cocktail and be like, well, where's your son? If you're at the bar. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I left him in the car. I, guess. I don't know. And so, so I really, do you think don't, you have, don't you have him? <laughs> so it's like on one side, I'm really grateful that it depicts that side of single parenthood where sometimes you do get a break and you want to feel like an adult. You want to have fun and, you know, in a safe way, like in a way that isn't dangerous or potentially endangering you or your kids' lives. But it's also that double standard of like, they could never work if a woman is doing that. She would be out of control and he's doing that. Regardless, that's not the point. I love the tent scene. You know, I think a lot of people probably would say like, oh, it's so soon and they already know this isn't going to work. Do you really want to bring someone into your kids' lives? So I know there's all of that, but just, you know, it's just such a wholesome, wholehearted scene, I think. And it, it is unclear like what she's going to be to him or anything like that. But um, you see him as a family man, as a dad, and you see them as a family unit. And suddenly it's clear, like he can't just date anybody. He can't just choose anybody. Like it's somebody who's, gonna understand the package deal so i like that i was a little beautiful it was so the whole thing is so cute from start to finish like the oohs and ahs when she takes the jacket off yeah so cute um i did was kind of like are you telling me that kate winslet isn't fabulous and over there all the time oh for sure jacqueline pointed out she was like she would be the best aunt yeah like when she was like we don't you know like the oohs and ahs taking off the jacket like still fair like you look like my bar because Cameron diaz is obviously gorgeous like and like you look like my barbie like i understand that's applicable regardless of you know the beauty that is kate winslet is floating in and out of your life um but i was for a moment i was like girl like kate winslet is around all the time like she has (laughs) killer eyeshadow and lipstick too like what do we do but i think Um, the point they're making is they're making more of a point of like we want our daddy to be happy oh and she's a stranger and so it's like they're laying it on thick because they want her to stick around i mean little british girls could talk me into anything excellent (laughs) casting they are so sweet just so cute so sweet like oh i love that scene that's a really good choice. It's hard for me to, because I, I think the, obviously for me, Arthur scene is up there, mm-hmm. but that might be my big chill. Mm-hmm. Um, not to get ahead of things. I know how this works now. Um, has <laughs> <laughs> been been through enough of these. Um, and I do like the first. I love the dinner party scene. Mm-hmm. And I love the first arrival of Jude Law because it's just, oh, you know what? Well, oh, man, this is one of the other times where I cried when he gets to the pub to meet his friends and he walks past the table like says hi, but like walks past. He's clearly looking for her. And then he thinks she didn't stay and sits down in the crowd part like he what he does so well is that like genuine like if he ever looked at me like that, I might just die on the spot. Like, See, I think that would be it. You know, what's interesting about that is like one of the things when they were doing production, because before that movie, Jula had mostly done these very dark brooding roles. He had done a few like romantic things earlier in his career, but mostly he was known for just being this very intense, like brooding figure. He's coming he, off enemy at the gates, cold mountain and road to perdition. Like very. Recently. Yes. And like, Nancy Myers had to tell him, especially at the beginning of production, she would have to remind him to smile and be like, you don't understand how intense you're looking at her right now. Like, you look <laughs> so mad. So a lot of his smiling, like you can, 
which I don't care because it's beautiful. You can tell it's very forced sometimes. You can tell like he's making it like, okay, look at her and then smile, you know? It, <laughs> and it's just, it's so soft and like, you know, you can tell it's something he wants to do, but you can also tell it's like unnatural for him in that state, which is why I think so many of the smiles are just breathtaking because it's like, oh my God, he looks like he's posing for a campaign or something. Jeez. I mean, I mean, he's just, he's killing it. He's killing man. it. Yeah. Got a, got a pretty much a category dedicated to him. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think mine is actually the, the party, the, the Hanukkah party with Arthur and his friends. Um, I, I love that. I love them talking about, it's the first time you see a lot of life out of Arthur, like a lot of like more, he, he's, he's warm to Iris a little bit. Um, he, you know, he gives her the, the speech about, you know, there's the leading lady and the best friend and you're, you know, you're a leading lady. He, so he's, he's pepped up a little bit, but this is like, I, it's great to see older people have friends and be social. I don't, that, that makes me, that makes me pretty happy, but I, I don't know that there's so much in this movie that picks me up and makes me feel happy. And also there are scenes that hit those emotional notes. I love, love watching Kate Winslet throw Jasper's ass out of the house. Like that is that is therapeutic watching her just just kick that piece of shit out of the house. But I, I think I'm gonna go with the the, the party. That makes me. Yeah. I think that makes me the happiest. It's um, Caroline, I'm gonna kick it to you for best quote. I think I kind of already like I already stepped on mine. The the Iris telling Jasper off. Like I I just love that in full. I really really like the. Um, I used the good notes. I used all the good notes. <laughs> Yeah. When he, I just, oh man, whew, I'm telling you what, like Jack Black crushes that scene. I think um, the song. If you've someone ever sat, like if you're sitting there, like putting together this beautiful tribute to, uh, you know, hopefully not forgotten screenwriter that you know put so much of his life into this, and you create this fun little ditty for him that's so perfect, and then the guy that you're crushing on. <laughs> is like kind of crushed now like that fun early stage where you're like mm-hmm. oh he texted me Ooh. <laughs> um is like oh i wrote you one again dead on the spot it, especially because it doesn't suck <laughs> like if you make <laughs> some horrible like just real real jazzy like like whatever it's is not, you're like, like a, oh, when, oh. when jamie smiles from just friends <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the um i used all the good notes and then i also really like the leading lady um not the best friend those yeah. two i did not do as well this time writing them down probably because i was teary I, I didn't take a lot of notes this time you know, yeah yeah usually i'm just oh sh- the, the novel but, alex how do you feel yeah. about the quote i am daddy <laughs> Uh, it's a good line it's a very good line there's some tiktoks about it that just isolate that line and then people will respond to it i'm just i would watch that tiktok like a category all day just people responding to that because i think it's look jude law man i mean there are many attractive people in the world especially in hollywood but like Every time I watch this movie, I can like distinctly remember for a brief moment what it was like to be like 19, 20 years old, and even a little younger than that, because his height sort of came in like 2003, 2004 um, and kept growing from there. But still, that's when he was really, you know, and I'm like, 
this was an awakening for so many people in our generation was Jude Law because he was gorgeous. And then, of course, all the bad stuff came out about the nanny. And it was like, okay. Yes. But then you forget about that stuff 20 years and later. Yon Rog. I'll tell you, like, uh, it was a few years ago. My sister was living in Oxford and my mom and I went down for something. Some might have been a football game. Who knows? We were staying in a hotel and the holiday was on and I had just assumed like my mom had seen it because it's always it's one of those TBS movies. You know, it's kind of always on. You can Mm -hmm. always see a little bit of it. We turn it on about halfway through the movie. My mother is transfixed, like not speaking to us, not doing not looking at her phone, watches it steadily for 30 minutes. And I'm like, mom, when was the last time you saw this? And she goes, I've never seen this before. And I'm like, what? She goes, who's that guy? (laughs) Guy. And so that guy, I'm like, Jude Law. I know you've seen Jude Law movies before. And she just looks at me and she has like kind of a lower, like a raspier voice. She's like, I have never seen that man in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, see, he has that effect on people. Everybody is awakened by Jude Law. Can we do a category jump real quick? Can we we jump to the Peter Gallagher Award for Hottest Person in Because I was like, I need to get all this off my chest not even a question it's so i mean and again he isn't this movie is two absolutely gorgeous women stunning beautiful beautiful he there's something if you were like okay who you're like you know your top 10 handsomest guys in hollywood or whatever i don't know that i think of jude law i don't know jude law cracks cracks the top 10 cracks the top whatever but jude law in this He's nearly unbeatable in this movie. Like, it's the charisma, it's the character, because again, he's playing a handsome widower who's a wonderful father who falls and who tells you he loves you within like a week and wants to make your long distance relationship between London and LA work. Like, this is every like young naive woman's dream (laughs) (laughs) this is every young dumb girl's dream like this happens you know yeah this is a beautiful man will show up in a wonderful sweater um this or talented (laughs) mr ripley gosh so the 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 and alex absolutely right the the impact that this man's had this man's i was gonna say this man's face had on my young life but it's it's true unbelievable um because did anyone see gattaca oh yeah with ethan hawk and uma thurman excellent movie and he's very handsome in that yes um and it's hot double door too (laughs) (laughs) so like with gattaca and um talented mr ripley again it's the very serious roles like those are not those are like mind you know and did anyone else see closer i don't know if it's closer or closer with clive owen and Julia Roberts. Yes. And, uh, oh, no, I just lost her. Natalie Portman. Yeah. Um, these are all, like, real heavy end of college. mid. Like, this basically, like, that stretch is kind of, like, college for me. So that's, an, again, impactful time of our lives for me and Alex. Like, this is, you know. Um, and he is just, the charisma oozes out of him in this movie. Like, it's incredible and then somehow in a way that doesn't cross into smarmy or creepy it is an incredible line to toe and he destroys it it's beautiful it's wonderful <laughs> no notes he's excellent like i just can't i really respect his taste like because he could have leaned on i'm just gonna be hot for 30 years and have an incredible career 
But like the the choices he makes, like Cold Mountain was a movie that was gunning for Oscars. AI is a Spielberg movie that the last part of that movie, just the thought of it, like I I want to cry now. That I mean, but like the he's in the Aviator, but he does movies like this, and he like he fills in. I don't know if you guys ever saw the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, which was Heath Ledger's last movie, but he fills in for Heath Ledger in part of that movie, and he's he's so good, like he he didn't just stick to one lane, which I really like. but in this movie, yeah. he is like, I've, if I could swap faces with anyone, it is that guy. And that guy, like in glasses, like I look like, listen, I, I look like a lesbian when I wear glasses and, and Jude law looks amazing. I would kill to look like that. I texted you guys when you put the glasses on, I was like, this should be illegal. The glasses, like that's, I mean, the glasses are everything. And let's not forget, I don't know how many of you have seen Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, but he plays the the sex worker that um, was killed by Kevin Spacey. Does everybody, has anybody seen this movie? I haven't seen that. I have okay, not seen first it. Of all, say- <laughs> read the book and watch the movie. Just take it with a grain of salt, though. That's another conversation. But it's a it's a really interesting Southern um, drama. I don't know. It's, like a, it's not horror, but it's like- um, Thriller? Sure. Sure. <laughs> John Cusack, Kevin Spacey. Jude Law. Jude I mean, I've heard dead of it. I haven't seen it. Um, what was the other one? I just looked at the. Oh, he's also the like right wing blogger in Contagion. Oh God, yeah, I forgot about that. The range. We love the, the range on this man. <laughs> just yeah, I mean the probably the easiest winner of this category. I was gonna ever. say, I think this is my. This might be the one of the biggest runaways we've done in yeah. this. Like. Jacqueline no. suggested like a a parent category to this, or like a, a sibling category to this. Um, thinking of while you were sleeping, the Bill Pol- the Bill Pullman Award for best romantic partner in the movie, oh. because she views Pullman as the better romantic partner in while you were sleeping than your oh, 100%. Lord and Savior Peter Gallagher. Oh yeah, no, that's completely accurate. Oh, she's right, one hundred percent. Bill Pullman is the move in that movie. Um. Who in this one? I might go Iris. Is that weird? I would I would lean Iris or Miles. I, I just think they're I think they're a great match. I think Iris and Miles are a really great match. I we'll, we'll get into like how we think this goes, but I think as far as pairing, I think Iris and Miles vibe better. Yeah. But I'm I'm willing to hear arguments. <laughs> um can, can it not be the same person? I think Jude's the best romantic partner in the movie. And I also, he's the one I was between him and, yeah. I mean, clean, clean sweep, clean sweep for Jude. We'd yeah. be fine with that. Like he is, and he's willing and mm. tries to make it work and Sorry. respects her and whatever. <laughs> I can't help it when I think it's some of the things I'm just like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I did that in like watching the movie and the dog was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> This, like, this is what you? I've been signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> Moving off Jude, the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. Who's in it too much? Obviously the four. Yeah. In it too much. Is Arthur in it too much? This or is, is he this in it the perfect amount? It's Arthur. It's Arthur. I was going to say he's Arthur. in it the perfect amount. Yeah. I just want to otherwise... rip off some nominees that are not Arthur just to give some shine of people we haven't talked about. We talked about <laughs> Young Han and Krasinski in one scene. Yeah. 
Lohan and Franco in the uh, the movie trailer. <laughs> I was gonna say I want to see that. Caroline, I have in my notes that Deception releasing on Christmas Day, Caroline would see that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> What's funny is the reason um, Lindsay ended up doing it is because Nancy Myers literally called her up and was like, "I made your career. You're doing this." And she was like, I, "Okay, you're right." And then uh, very big to see that movie. We haven't talked about Dustin Hoffman and Blockbuster. And how like that wasn't planned. Mm-hmm. He was just he was like next door at a restaurant and he just like popped in because he thought he saw they were filming. Stop. And Nancy was, yeah. And Nancy was like, he, I mean, they didn't he was in the clothes he showed up in and everything. And they made up the little graduate gag just so he I could be in it. I love that. I actually really love that scene. The mm-hmm. because I think that the movie scoring stuff is so cool. Like that's like, I would 100% be in to listen to any stories that Miles wanted to tell me about the history of scoring, like talking about the, you know, chariots of fire score and like how that changed. Like I thought I was like, keep going, do 70 movies. I don't care. This is great. I love this. Um, that endears yeah, you so much scene. to Miles too, like because how often and like it's it's rare as an adult like to meet someone with so much passion for their job, yeah. like it's 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 a really and you can tell a lot of Jack Black comes into that because like that's how he you watch School of Rock that is how he talks about rock rock musicians yeah. and rock music and things like that like that comes through but yeah I love that scene and the Dustin Hoffman piece is is a nice little touch. Speaking of Dustin Hoffman, the Meyerowitz stories on uh, Netflix. I don't know if you guys have checked that out. I haven't seen that. It's him and Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller. Just fantastic. Like that's an aside. That is that is I don't watch anything free recommendation, folks. Between Halloween and like mid January, I only watch holiday stuff. Oh yeah. Love that. (laughs) Um with the Miles thing. Yeah. I was gonna say with the Miles thing, and this is because here's the thing. I don't think we you mentioned it earlier, like people like, why can't she get someone better looking for you know um i don't think jack black is bad looking you know it's one of those things just again one it's hard to be cast across from jude law that's just difficult but um i think the that's like one of the things that his character is so well developed in this in the sense that that seeing someone that passionate about something they love whether it's their job or a hobby or family members or whatever um i think is so attractive like so that to, it's something where it's just i'm not saying like he's he's terrible looking and that's the only thing that's redeeming like it's just one of those like to each their own what you find what you like he's not hideous he's not gross like whatever like that's not you know let's not mm-hmm. get into that whatever but um it is that personality part of it that's so fun and i love that scene and it brings it out of him and it's it's awesome yeah. i did actually put in all caps by the way in my notes it says Okay, but I want to see the fake movie. <laughs> I, I, so I yeah, you guys be, had me pegged. Knew you would be into that. Um, but yeah, Lenny Harris would be Arthur. He's uh, just a joy, just a, a real treat. in This movie, um, best time, worst time in this movie. A lot of candidates for both. I would think. Okay, what do you mean? Because I haven't been. Okay. Oh okay. shoot. So, okay. Sorry. So, this is another. This is yeah. started with speed. <laughs> yeah, so Alex, yeah, we developed this organically just trying to figure out who had the worst time on the bus and, and speed. <laughs> um, and, and we've since we've since just added it to the show. So this is throughout the course of the movie, which character had the best time? 
and then throughout the course of the movie, which character had the worst time. In some movies, that's easy. Like in Die Hard, a lot of people died. They had the worst time. They had the worst time. Worst time. <laughs> this time, we don't have to like say anyone's off limits because that's not... <laughs> no deaths. No yeah, deaths. we're good here. <laughs> um, hmm. I think Jude Law might have had the best time. I think he had the best he time, too. He didn't get dumped. He uh, ends up with the woman that he loves. And he gets to show up to his sister's house one day. And like you said, Cameron Diaz is there. <laughs> yeah. He's he's she, the only yeah. one who definitely doesn't have to move either. Like he's, yeah. he's set. Where is that? Yeah. I don't know. I think Cyrus had the best time. And here's why. Because even though there were bad moments, she is a journalist who lives in a tiny little cottage. And she got to go to L.A. for two weeks. Like, just this alone. She got to go to L.A. for two weeks and be in this huge mansion and, like, get decent sleep. She made a friend. She grew as a person. She found her voice. She learned she was a leading lady. Like, this is the thing. Cameron Diaz didn't really have to go through too much personal stuff. Her biggest breakthrough was that she learned how to cry. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Iris. That's true. Iris like almost let a very toxic thing back into her life, but she had changed so much in such a short amount of time. She was like, Oh my God, I'm miraculously not in love with you anymore. Pushes him out. And even at the end, when we think Jack Black is just going to be back with his girl, she's okay with that. She's like, this has been very valuable and I'm having a lovely holiday and I'm going to go see Arthur at his thing. And then Jack Black's like, Hey, I will come to you. You do not have to come. I will come to England and be with you in your car. I think she had the best time. Actually, Compa that's a that's a good that's compelling. Yes, case. I that think is I, compelling. I, I also that. I think Arthur had a pretty good time. Arthur had made a, a new time. friend. Yes, you Re know, rejuvenated got, in his yeah, older years. Absolutely, got a theme song. Um, yeah. I can only wish we do that. <laughs> <laughs> Who had the um, worst time? So I have a combo. Had a good time during the movie. Probably a bad time right after the movie. The lawn and landscape crew at Amanda's house seems to really enjoy having Iris there. They seem to have <laughs> yes. they seem to have a Again, level I of don't enjoyment. Think, I think yeah, when I Amanda, don't think Amanda, when Amanda talked rolled, to them at all. No, I think when Amanda rolls back in, they're like, fuck. Back to <laughs> the guy, the best is when he's like, she's like, just tell me if you slept with her. Like the assistant and the lawn guy's basically doing the like, mm, yeah. mm, we'll do it. Yeah. Like, don't tell her, man. Um Eddie uh, Burns gets dumped by Cameron Diaz. That's kind of bad time usually yeah but I he honest... was go ahead yeah go for it no no go 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 i like i get that but also he clearly wasn't fully invested in that and was so quick to turn around on her and i think like although i i you can't tell if they're living together or if it's just one of those things where they've been together for a while so he has all of his stuff over there so like there's there is a universe in which he had to go sleep on someone's couch and like find a new place to live, I guess. But I no, think she even mentions he kept his place. So he goes right. Oh, back really? To, yeah, oh. He goes, yeah. She does that thing of this yeah. is why you kept your apartment or whatever it is. Yeah. No, I think it would be Jasper, even though it doesn't seem that way at first, because like clearly he's engaged to somebody who doesn't fill like an emotional void for him. Like if he were completely happy in that relationship, he wouldn't care about Iris, clearly. Yep. And the fact that like number one he's got a book and clearly he cares about her notes so i i have a theory he's not a good writer he's just well edited and there are a lot of people like that in this industry mm -hmm. um and so he desperately needs to disrupt her life to get notes which he ends up not getting um or at least not very thorough notes anyway it'll be like you know jude law <laughs> like less notes um and 
he thinks he's going to keep her by doing this grand gesture. And he has to be faced with the reality of like, you were only ever significant to her because she didn't understand who she was. And now that she knows, she knows you're bullshit. She knows like you don't really count. So now he's got to go back to England to be with the fiance. He clearly doesn't want to be with. And he has no He's going to have a horrible relationship. They're going to have a horrible marriage. It is not going to last. Yeah. Um, I agree. He had the worst time because he also lost his emotional punching bag. Yes. So he lost the person that he thought he could always count on to tell him how great he was and his like fallback person. Um, Dustin Hoffman might be worst time. Couldn't go out to Blockbuster without someone just just humming the graduate at him. (laughs) (laughs) Humming Mrs. Robinson at him. Yes. Yeah, I, I think the, those are the actually waiter at the choices. the waiter at the sushi restaurant that had to like hurry to get the check for them. Yeah, because yeah. one of them had to leave. Yeah. Um, okay, Alex, this is a newer category as well. Uh, roster moves, but roster moves has been turned into which character should be replaced with Airbud. <laughs> um, Sorry, this will never not make me laugh. Arthur. <laughs> yes. Like, imagine having to like convince Airbud. Like, people still love you, man. <laughs> people still love you, Airbud. Like, you're working out with him in the pool, and like, you go on a date with him, and he gives you a little croissant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it could be fun. I think That's Miles perfect. has some Airbud like tendencies. Has that yes, kind of golden has... retriever enthusiasm? Yeah. And if Miles was like a, a piano playing pup. You know, like Airbud. That's Airbud's next venture after sports. Is, is he's like the cat from the YouTube videos playing the piano, and like Airbud makes the theme for Arthur. Like that, that could work. And instead of Iris, like, and Miles getting together, it's just Iris brings a new dog friend for her dog back at the cottage. Aww, I like it. I do love that. We don't see a lot of the dog. I do love the scene where going back and forth with Cameron Diaz with the faces. That's really cute. Um, I realized how much the dog was in it because my sister's dog, Hudson, who watches television, uh, would bark every time he was on the screen. So Hmm. that was, uh, I think, fun for everyone. What if Uh, Airbud is Jude Law and he shows up shit-faced at at the cottage? I also (laughs) thought Drunk Drunk Airbud seduces Cameron Diaz. Puts on his his glasses and becomes more handsome. You're like, I didn't think you could get more handsome, Airbud. God, napkin face, Mr. <laughs> napkin head. Or... Oh man, yeah, I think the answer is Arthur. Yeah. Okay, the big chill. The big mm-hmm. chill. We've struggled to find big chill categories in movies that are not sports movies. I would argue that this is this movie has big chills, multiple big yes. chills. It uh, yes. for me is the Arthur moment, the door opening. We're all ready for you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Arthur Abbott. Every time it kills me. I love it. His buddies being there. Because especially because like the just the you know, they set it up where he's like, why would I want to go to this thing where 13 people are there to like kind of remember me? To have a full audience it's beautiful it's lovely That's what about that versus the the jude law speech the what i want is you speech it's good it's very good but my big my big chill is arthur 
What say you, Alex? I, yeah. See, okay. I do love the Jude Law love you speech, which, by the way, I think part of this too that I, I like about the whole movie compared to like other holiday movies is like no one's asking anyone to give up their life at all. Yeah. At no point does he say- Yet. Well, <laughs> look, we that's why we're not having a sequel. Um, but at no point does he say, well, you can do your job from anywhere or, you know, something like that. Well, you can, like, nobody says that. It's very respectful of her life. I do love that I love you scene. I gotta say- what gets me every time, and I realize it's a subtle moment, it's not really like a high um, energy moment like Arthur walking in, is when Amanda <laughs> runs back to the cottage and finds Jude Law crying. Because that scene could have just been she walks in and he's there and they kiss and it still would have been just as romantic. Or the worse, he's running down the lane or something. Yes, yeah, or like he meets her halfway. It's the fact that he had just totally accepted everything. And he's and the, in the way back. that he looks, right. he's like, I'm sorry. I know. Crying. And he's like, I'm, I'm crying right now. And she, I love, I just think it's so good because it doesn't have the swell of a classic romantic moment. You don't have two people running a meeting in the middle. You have a guy who's accepted his fate. Who's like, I can't get in the way of her life. And this is how it has to be. And he's crying. Was he just going to stay there and cry all day? <laughs> like, what was going to happen? And so I love that. But you know. uh, of course, he's still handsome with cry face. Too. I know. Like, of course. Oh, God. I could watch him jerk. cry all day long. The, just, <laughs> the, the opposite. The opposite of like Vanderbeek. He's got the opposite. Oh, God. Thing going on. Incredible. Oh, man. We didn't even talk about Mr. Napkinhead. Oh, I mean. A great bit. I think everyone, you know, like. I just thought of my, I just think my dad didn't do that one, obviously, but dads always have like They're a thing. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's just, um, and I just thought, I just love, I love that relationship that he has with his daughters. It's too cute. And the, mm-hmm. no, you both have five marshmallows. Yeah. I love that scene. It's excellent. Okay. Before more store prequel, sequel remake. I think we can just use this to talk about, the logistics of everything that follows this movie. <laughs> Who moves? So the thing is Jude Law doesn't move. You're no. not, you, you, you can't bring those girls away from their grandparents, away from their aunt to LA. No, I will say Jacqueline think... said that Iris should move. Like she's thriving in LA. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Iris, I think is moving to LA. Um, I don't think that I don't know that I uh, think Amanda moves all the way to like London full time. I think there's some sort of like maybe New York middle ground. Like she's got an apartment in New York or something. They don't, they do movie stuff in New York, right? I don't know. No, maybe not. I don't. But that's I mean, tough, dude. I don't know. She owns her own firm, and she ru- she's she's got an in house studio. And so, like, obviously, if you're working in the movie industry, you want to be in LA. But I do think it's like a hybrid thing. I yeah. could see her like, you know, flying back and forth. And I mean, she's got the means to do it. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, not to just totally get off track, but like the Megan and Harry documentary, which part two comes out at 3 a.m. and I'm going to be watching it. No, um, Alex got sleep. <laughs> I don't need it. Um, <laughs> they talk about how in the beginning of their relationship, you know, she was working in Canada filming suits. He was, you know, being a prince in England and like they were going back and forth. And Harry at one and I, I really love Harry and I love Megan. So let me just say that Harry at one point says, 
we had to do long. I, I still don't know how we made it work. I don't know. Maybe it's because you had like unlimited money, time and resources. <laughs> she had a private you, jet. I know. Like you don't have a real job and you can actually go to her every weekend and she can, she's got the money to go to you. What do you think? How do you think you normal people fly do commercial. <laughs> I know. And like, it was just incredible to me. And I mean, even like, it just, you know, people would like all the time money. How are we going to do it? I don't know with, with the stuff you've already got, <laughs> like the stuff that you clearly yeah. have. So I think maybe that was the thing. And you got to think too, and this makes me sad to say, but it's true. When you're a parent of young kids, you feel like you're going to be a parent of a young kid forever. Mm-hmm. And like, it's weird to think like in my house, like in nine years, Jack's going to be in college. Like your kid's never really going to live, live with you again. I mean, they might, who knows? I will. <laughs> take him at any age but you know what i mean it's like eventually you don't have to be tied down to that anymore because your kids move on they they start their own lives and especially now like those little girls would be in their early 20s uh jacqueline showed me that one of them is on tiktok and has talked about her experience in the holiday as like a 20 year old so like if if that were to play out in the movies like i could see you know they might be in college in america you know it's, it's just life changes And nothing ever stays the way it's going to. So I don't know. Do we think everyone works out? Yes. No hesitation from Alex. Sure. Sure. Let's do it. Why not? Do you want to see a sequel? There was like one of those hoax things. Like the holiday two is happening actually recently. Okay. So when I saw that, I was elated. And then I don't really need it though. Like when I saw it, I wasn't like, how dare you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would have to be about the kids. Like they couldn't, the whole thing about a sequel is you would have to follow some sort of premise from the movie. So there would have to be a swap again. Right. And it couldn't be about them again because they had their swap and that you couldn't make a sequel to that. That would make any sense unless it was like a next generation kind of situation. Would you, if you could guarantee the person was on a murder, I'll just put that out there. Would you do a home swap like that? For sure. Oh, yeah. If you could guarantee safety, absolutely. Yes. Like, if I it was can't vetted. guarantee Jude Law. Does that? Unfortunately. <laughs> I can still live with that. Yeah, I may. I'm a yeah. married straight man, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be okay. You're it would, okay be, it would be cool to pal around. You with, think? I, I would love to. Like, yeah, until would, he walks in. <laughs> yeah, I would just love to go to the pub with him and be like, hey, man, can you just show me how you operate? I would just like yeah. to see this. He doesn't have to do this. anything. He turns around that, and smiles. That's and a good like, point. Okay. That's that's foreplay ridiculous. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> Just staring at you is foreplay, Jude Law. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know it was a big deal in the town when like the hot widower came to the pub. It was like there are plenty of it was town? like people people texting on their blackberries, like he's here. <laughs> he's out. He's out. <laughs> That's awful. It's like oh an it's like an Aladdin when when all the princes are coming trying to impress Jasmine. It's like every single person in that town rolls in to try to impress Jude Law when he when he graces the pub with his presence. Well, the widower thing is interesting too because like we joke a lot about the Hallmark universe and like in the Hallmark universe, if there are single parents, it's never because of divorce. It's always because the spouse died and they do that to keep it from being messy. So there's never like the viewer isn't thinking, Oh God, is it going to be like a jealous ex or are they really, they make it to where it's so definite. Like there's no way for this person to come and interfere. There's no way for the, the widow or the widower to, to still have feelings toward this other person. They just make it like a clean break. And I think it's interesting. They did it with this too. I think they also do it to eliminate any possibility that the um, hero 
like the love interest could have done something bad in a previous relationship like that's a good point too they eliminate We're- the chance that mr flan mr bearded flannel man cheated on his previous spouse <laughs> like, yeah. mr bearded flannel man we're yeah. an hour and 50 in and way past what worked but something this movie did that worked uh not having amanda be like the ick i don't really know about kids that's not really actually addressed like if i'm i don't know if i'm ready to be a stepmom or you know yeah in, or doing because like amanda is the type like she is certainly obviously much warmer and stuff but like a lot more a lot closer to meredith blake in the parent trap than like a warm and fuzzy kind of person you would think and then she's great with the kids and it's doesn't they don't really make it like this guaranteed package deal thing they focus on the couple and who they are as as a as a as two people bonding versus like this whole package deal thing and i actually really appreciated that about the movie and not getting didn't get too bogged down in that so. Yeah. And you know, like in the end, when she says the thing about the New Year's date and he says the very relatable, familiar line, I've got the kids on New Year's Eve. And she's like, perfect. I don't think people, if you haven't been in that situation of trying to date while having children, you don't really understand how refreshing that is. And look, I don't blame anyone for saying, you know, if I'm dating somebody, I just, I don't want to be a step parent. That's, that's your choice. I don't think people should feel obligated to do that. But I do think there are a lot of people out there who love the idea of it. And then when they start dating that single parent and realize like, you don't get to just pop over when you want to, Mm -hmm. you don't get to just make plans on a whim. Like everything has to be planned out. There are babysitters, there are this, there are that. And that's, it's such a good test. I think you weed out a lot of the clowns that way, because it's like, if that's too much for them, then you're too much for them. And you can just kind of move along. It's a great, you know, litmus test, but I, I felt the same way. She's like, yeah, love it. Let's do it. Nancy Myers, man. She's just, she kills it. This movie is great. You two are great. I'm so glad that we got to do this. Uh, Caroline, tell the folks where they can follow you. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at CW Darnie, or you can go to bet for the win or for the win and find the content. Alex. All of that, (laughs) but you can follow me at Alex McDaniel and you can follow for the win at ftw.usatoday.com. And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Street Sports, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate and leave a review. If you're an Apple podcast, you can support the show at patreon.com slash big screen sports. If you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm that is presented by Baseball America. Next episode is with Georgia Tech associate head coach James Ramsey. That's a good one. Check it out. And as for Big Screen Sports, we will see you next Monday. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.